Hello, everybody. My name is Danny DePorto. Happy New Year and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast, our very first one for 2019. Thank you to all our Women in Pop readers and listeners for your support of the magazine and podcast throughout 2018. We really can't wait to bring you more of the very best female musicians from across the world this year. We've got some absolutely cracker interviews coming up this year. I mean, we can't say too much just yet, but know you're going to love them just as much as we do, so watch this face. Speaking of cracker interviews, Women in Pop magazine issue 5 is out in shops across the world right now. The legendary Pink is on the cover, and inside we have interviews with Belinda Carlisle, Jess Kent, Tandy Phoenix, Emma Louise and Robinson. Plus, we take a look back over the career of the goddess of pop, the iconic Cher. To find a store near you, go to womenandpop.com forward slash retailers. You can also buy and subscribe online at womenandpop.com forward slash subscribe. And now on to today's show. Today, I am thrilled to be chatting to the most exciting up and coming new talents on the Australian dance music scene. The super talented Azure, known for her dark pop style. Now, you may not be too familiar with the name just yet. But last year, she was one of the most successful Australian artists on the American music charts when her debut single, Too Late, climbed the top 20 of the Billboard dance chart. She's got a killer voice, can crank out a killer tune, and she's here to tell us everything about herself. Azure. Hey, how are you going? <laughs> so good. Welcome to Women in Pop, the podcast. We did catch up with you on the red carpet at the Arias not that long ago. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, it was so good to see you guys. And tell us, what was it like inside the ceremony? What's the inside point of view? Um, well, that was my first one. So I was super overwhelmed. Um, and so I felt so grateful to be there that everybody was just like everywhere you looked, I was like, ah, oh, there's Amy Shark. Ah, there's Nicole Kidman. So it was just crazy. But um, I felt so blessed. It was electric. So I mean, that must have really driven the point home if you hadn't already figured it out. You've made it. Top 20 oh. <laughs> on the Billboard dance chart. That's massive with your first single, nonetheless. <laughs> Thank you. No, I definitely have not made it, um, but I am cracking at it and I will make it. Not yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. So Love the motivation. Love the humble <laughs> attitude. Let's go back to the beginning. Tell us about uh, where you come from, how you were raised, how you found yourself as a woman in pop. So I was actually born in Sydney. Um, I moved to the Gold Coast when I was about three years old. I was raised by my mother. She was a single mother. And she actually passed away when I was 11. So my whole family kind of got split up, but I have the most incredible um, aunt and uncle and grandma and my brothers, my cousins who are like my siblings now. And they just sort of shaped me to go after everything I want, no matter how out of reach it seemed. It didn't matter. They backed me 1000%. Um, I always danced and acted from like maybe three years old. That's very young. Yeah, very, very young. I always, and then I started singing maybe like 10 or 11 and then that was it. And I've just shot for it ever since. And that's me. Tell us, does music run in the family? No, I am the black sheep. <laughs> my family <laughs> is like very sporty. Like my grandfather was an Olympic swimmer and my cousin, it was like an incredible tennis player. And my other cousin is in college in America for running and like, like really, really sporty. And then there was me. So <laughs> yeah, no, no one, but they all just have tried to learn as much as they can about it and just back me a thousand percent. So oh, still making ranking tables and <laughs> hopefully 
breaking records in the future. Yeah. Tell us about what got you into music as a young thing. I mean, I've noticed on your YouTube channel, you you do some great covers of Dua Lipa, Sabrina mm-hmm. Carpenter. Like, obviously, you're really inspired by other female pop artists. Oh, gosh, yes, definitely. Um, well, I, I'm a big researcher, a big studier. So I'm constantly reading. I love to read. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So all I'm doing, I'm always researching. I'm always reading. I'm always watching, taking notes on, you know, performances. Like I'll literally sit there and watch YouTube performances and take physical notes on my phone and be like this, 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 this. Okay, can I emulate it? Can I mimic it? Okay, how do I make it myself? What did she do that I did like, didn't like? Constantly trying to evaluate to improve myself but keep it individual at the same time. So, yeah, Dua Lipa, I think she has just like shot everybody <laughs> like she came out of nowhere and was just like see ya bang yeah and oh so many artists and ariana grande i super admire as well sabrina carpenter i think as well she's come out of nowhere too i know she was an actress first but yeah i'm just constantly trying to learn i think if you're constantly learning you're constantly evolving and there's no way you can go backwards then Love it. So tell, tell me more in detail. What kind of notes, like what kind of things do you pick up, notice? Just vocal stuff, really. Um, Performance-wise, I always feel like organically that's my own, like how I, how I perform it. I don't go on there as me. I go on there as my persona. So that, for me, is not something I work on. But vocally, I'm constantly studying, okay, so... Her voice sits there. Where does mine sit scale-wise? So, like, I'll check the piano. I'll check the key. Okay, so that's interesting because she does that or she sings it that way or I'm just constantly trying to work out why does that work for her? Does that work for me? No. Yes, either way. You know what I mean? It's mm. just like studying. It's it, it, you, never have, you can never stop learning. And, hey, you mentioned it there, your persona. That's definitely something I want to delve into. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about what – brought you to create a persona, Azure, as yeah. opposed to being sort of your, yourself, for lack of a better description. Yeah, no. Um, I think the best way to describe it is that it's, it is still me, but there is a freedom in going on there and being this persona. And it's not necessarily out of fear. Like, I want to stress that. Some people say that, like, you create a persona so you don't have to be vulnerable on there as yourself. I'm more vulnerable there as her. Interesting. Does that make sense? Because that's like, feel like she's the true essence of my soul. So if I go on there and I'm as you, that's really who I am. So I think it's just a space of total creativity and total vulnerability. And there is such strength in that and such strength in taking as many risks as she's taken. <laughs> so I think, yeah, that's for me, that's sort of how it is. I, and I, I'm not afraid. Like I'm never afraid. No, but you are still quite young. Do you think that possibly you're going to maybe grow out of the persona and into your own self in the future? I mean, I've thought about it. And, you know, actually, strangely enough, I thought about changing it to my name really recently. And I processed it by myself. And then in the end, I kind of just was like, you know what? No. Because this whole like fairy tale, twisted dark, like it, I feel like my thing needs that. You know what I mean? Like mm. I think it, fits it lends style. to it. Exactly. To have that mystique, that enigmatic Definitely. factor. Yeah. yeah. I think it lends to it. So I, I feel like it works for me. Love it. So tell me, are you the writer, you the recording artist, you the performer? Are they all 
coming from the same place? Are they all the same person? Or yeah. Do you take on different sides? Nah, it's all the same. So when I'm in the studio, I'm 100% in that. So like when I write songs, um, a lot of the time I like to write like prose first mm-hmm. before I go in and write a song or write a story first. And then I know, because I always go in the studio and know exactly what I'm going to write. Very rarely do I go in and just go, oh, this came out. It's very much experience for me. There's not a song that I've written that hasn't been from a specific point of my life where I'm like, it was this person, it was this time, and they know exactly who they are. (laughs) So, like, yeah, very much that. Well, let's talk specifically about Too Late, shall we? Mm -hmm. You worked with some really serious big hitters on that. Yeah. Producers and songwriters who've worked with Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, Jordan Sparks, you too, Bruno Mars. like. What was that experience like? Do you think it's affected the way that you go about your musical creations? Yes, absolutely. You couldn't go through that and not have it affect you. I think it, in a way, broke me to make me. Does that make sense? It does. So I kind of was reduced to rubble and then kind of was like, okay, no, this is who I am. Did a phoenix. Absolutely. So I... Yeah, gained a lot of confidence. But to be honest with you, the biggest turning point for me has been being back here home and working with the producers and the writers that I've been working with in the last six months um, who happen now to be my closest friends because I've created this organic space in me that just is, is never not full if that makes sense. I never get sick of writing. I never get sick of any, I'm never exhausted. It never stops. So that's definitely been the biggest turning point for me, right? Like the heavy hitters, that was life changing. And I felt so blessed. And I felt like that was the catalyst for me to come home and be able to be in this space now. Do you have any advice that you think others outside the music industry could use for keeping their cup full for maintaining their oh, inspiration yeah. See, and motivation that, isn't that the eternal question it is can, um, can you put it in a bottle yeah that's, that's i'll give it. it a go um yeah never do anything you don't want to do pretty simple but yet i don't harder, never harder to do than to say no way i never do anything i don't want to do so say for example Nobody likes cleaning their bathroom, right? But I can always find something in it. I'm like, you know what? I love when my bathroom's clean, so I do want to do that, right? But if you're sitting there and your gut's like, I don't want to do this, but I have to, no, don't do it. That's how you'll always be happy. You'll always be content in with yourself because don't want to do it, don't do it. So you can just, I mean, it's not saying be a diva and don't Not do things all. you don't want to do. It's change your mindset, Absolutely. change your narrative. Change your mindset. Like there's a bunch of stuff that I find super difficult, but I find a part of it that this is I have to because I want to. I think it's when people feel like things are out of their control that it's or out of like they're helpless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's changing your mindset a hundred percent. That's sort of like what I work with and working with your intuition and your gut too, especially as a woman in this day and age, you know what I mean? If you're like, oh, if it feels wrong, don't go there. I mean, let's pick up on the fact that we are women and this is a real age of women. Mm-hmm. I know people might be getting a bit of sick of all these headlines about female empowerment, but hey, if we take massive steps back, look at human history, this is an inflection point. This is the time. Oh yeah, that we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it, girls. We're achieving equality. Oh, we're getting it. We're mm-hmm. you know we're coming up against that that mm-hmm. line. What does it feel like to be an artist in this day and age? 
I feel very blessed. Yeah. I feel very, um, very blessed. I feel in deep gratitude for your shares, your Madonnas, who pushed that envelope and had no one to back them and were labelled so many things and not labelled brilliant, not labelled, you know, genius. They were labelled whatever derogatory thing they were labelled because they pushed that envelope, whether it was sexually, whether it was artistically, whatever. I feel blessed that they've paved the way for me to nearly do anything and not have any repercussions for it. So, yeah, I feel like, wow, you know, I'm in a place of total opportunity. And do you have any other thoughts on gender equality and female empowerment across the world, not just in music? Any advice for young chicks? Advice? I think my generation, I feel very blessed. So I have the majority of my friends are boys, to be really honest with you. Um, I have two super, super close girlfriends that I cherish. I feel like our generation has their eyes wide open. So yeah, any advice for the boys then in that case? He for she, hashtag. You know, yeah. (laughs) Well, for the boys, you know what? Like... It's going to be okay. (laughs) It's going to be okay. No, look, everyone needs to look out for everyone. And like gender equality is gender equality. So the way I see you is the way I see him is the way I see whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that the if we all operate in an in an emotion of universal understanding and acceptance, then like what you can't really go wrong. I think the issue at the moment is that the conversation is so in everyone's face and so it should be mm-hmm. because it needed the attention, but it's now it's it's everywhere. Yeah. It is a bit confronting. It's very confronting. You've got to have a little bit of empathy for the boys. I mean, it's just like a centuries-old game of musical chairs and unfortunately the music stopped and they don't have a chair and it's just caught up with them now. Very much so. And especially I have brothers. Um, As I said, my closest friends are boys and they're divine and they are absolutely beautiful to women. But at the same time, I think... As I said, if everyone operates in the emotion of universal understanding and empathy for everyone, it's like, you know what, you went through that. I'm sorry, but you're going through that too. And I'm sorry for that too. Like it's support. It's when everyone starts pointing fingers and it gets nasty, we're never going to get anywhere. And then in, you know, 50 years, guys are going to come back. I remember when everyone bullied us. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like we're just going to keep going round and round and round. It's like fix the issue. We're all equal, equal pay, equal rights. Everyone shut up and move on. That's how I feel about it. And if anyone has had something happen to them, far out, like, let's support them. Boy, girl, cat, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I think it's the universal love for each other. This is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are. But I think the real logistics of it in regards to the equal pay and equal rights, that's got to be addressed. But I think it is. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. And as long as that barrow keeps getting pushed then we can stop pointing fingers. I think we need a few more anthem songs out there. Yeah, like I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. Yeah, we need we need some of those for this generation. I know, right? Show me the money. Yeah, <laughs> please. I'll put it down my bra. Yeah, same <laughs> if I was wearing one. <laughs> Teaser. Uh, you can see pictures of the two <laughs> on, on oh, Instagram. Somewhere um, <laughs> my publicist is like, are you joking? <laughs> So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the music some more. Hey, the the world of pop is changing. I mean, would you say that what classifies as pop music is becoming broader? I mean, you've been described as dark pop. Mm-hmm. You obviously had massive success on dance charts. Yeah, and quite electro leaning mm, songs for sure. 
Um, well, pop is pop. Really, when you break it down, pop is actually just means popular. Popular culture. It just means like what's popular. So yeah. pop actually doesn't Pine really. Soup cans on a canvas. Uh, that's it. It doesn't have a definition really. Like, um, for example, I've been super Bun 360 by country music at the moment. It's coming up and biting at all of our heels. I'm like, well, you know, five, ten years ago, everyone was like, oh, far Mimo, how embarrassing. <laughs> but now it's like really like one of my favorite, favorite artists at the moment is um Dan and Shay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love them. And I didn't even like country music. Like there are so many amazing artists that are just cracking. I think genres are almost becoming a bit irrelevant, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. It like, happened maybe 30, 40 years ago with like your hip hop, your rap, and that became pop. And now it's just pop is just whatever. Pop is just a great song. I love that. So, I mean, speaking of country music, I, yeah. love, I love that description. Was emo, farm, farm emo. emo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Had to yeah. try really hard not to laugh over your answer there. Um, so, obviously, Australia, known for its pop scene, known for its country music uh-huh, scene. Yeah. How do you rate Australia's music environment overall compared to the rest of the world? I think our talent is unparalleled. I think our talent is unparalleled and I think our work ethic is exceptional. Um, It's just our market is small. But you know what? If you look at the top of the charts in the US and stuff, you know, like we've got some people in there like – I mean, again, country, uh, what, I think his name, is it Morgan Evans? Is he that song, that day drunk song? Morgan something, I don't know. Sorry if you're listening, Morgan, I love you. But he, he's up there. There's so many Aussies that are, are like coming up. I think it's just our market is smaller and we're also in the middle of literally nowhere. So it's kind of hard. And we're also known for having a ton of great songwriters. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. I mean, your music's very lyric-heavy. Yes, I'm very lyric-heavy, definitely. Tell me more about your your writing, Your what's inside that poetic brain of yours. <laughs> no, I'm definitely lyric. So every lyric, I refuse to have a throwaway one. Sometimes you put in filler lyrics where you're like, oh, well, that line just fits best. I can't do it. It'll drive me insane. I won't sleep. As I said, my songs are very much about someone at a place, at a time, and they know who they are. So for me, I'm putting like every ounce of description, every ounce of specificity that I can possibly fit in there. It's in there. So it's very, yeah, specific for me. I mean, you mentioned that you read a lot at the beginning of the interview. Do you think that has an influence on your writing? Oh, 100%. 100%. So as I said, I often like write out a massive... I don't even know how to describe it, like prose. It's mainly just like word vomit on the page and I'll go for like three or four hours and I'll just write and write and write and write and then head straight to the studio and then that's usually what I write about. But it's always very specific. It's always about a time and a place and a person and something that happened because I just think that's the most organic way. Like if I just write, oh, I'm just going to write a happy song, it's never quite really hits home for me anyway. So that's sort of, yeah. Well, Too Late is a... Quite melancholy, actually, quite sassy. Yes. Sounds like it came from a personal place. Can you tell us about the lyrics <laughs> and that? And then we'll take a listen to it. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it was sassy. Um, I was sassy that day. Basically, it was just about a relationship that I was in quite a few years ago. Well, quite a few years ago, actually. That was just ridiculous in itself and I definitely shouldn't have been in it but once I I just like basically woke up one day and was like oh my god what am I doing and then never look back and then I was like in the studio 
in Nashville, actually. And I was like, you know what? I actually never wrote about that. And then it just went blah. It was then too late was born. It must have been percolating in the subconscious. I don't know. For years or something, just like bubbling in there. But yeah, the sass just came out. Well, listeners, here it is. (laughs) Azura's first single, which made it to the top 20 on the American Billboard dance charts last year. Too late. I got you acting like you want to put a ring on the spot. I'm not that into you. I'm not telling you I'm sorry. I think it's too late. Too late. You got wrapped up in my body. That was you, babe. You, babe. I don't think you got the wrong impression. It ain't a question. I'm not telling you I'm sorry. Well, that was fun. So, uh, so your newest <laughs> single is called "Freaks." Yes. So, it is. do you feel like a freak? I mean, don't we all oh, yeah, feel like definitely. freaks at some point or Absolutely. another? Absolutely. I am a freak without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us more. Tell us what you mean. Are you taking back the word "freak"? Not yeah. being a negative thing, being sort of a, a badge of uniqueness. Oh, definitely. Um, so that song was about again a relationship I was in that. I just the I felt like the real dark deep crevices of my soul was known and reciprocated by this person where I was kind of it was a bit of like a Bonnie and Clyde sort of feel where I was like it didn't matter what I would do I know that you could you know understand and it was yeah sort of like a dark sexy feel on that and then from Freaks was born this sort of twisted version of Snow White which was born into the music video and then it just sort of ran from there but yeah I think it's about that person that knows the good the bad the ugly about you and reciprocates it that sort of like deep connection. Well yes the music video was really Sexy and dark and mysterious and yeah. fun. I liked the strong narrative through it. Thank you. Yeah, that's very me. I'm very twisted fairy tale kind of gal. So obviously I've acted since I was very, very young. So always bringing the story element to every music video I do is super important to me. So I don't think I'll ever do just a plain music video. <laughs> well, how, like, how much involvement do you have in the creative for the videos? Massive. So it's all me. Um, obviously, I collaborated with the director who's Paul Mulligan. He's unbelievable. Um, every crazy thing I would say, he'd be like, yep, got it. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but it's the direction is always me. The story, the narrative, everything is is very much from my heart. And it, when I hear the song, the music video like just forms in my head. So it always happens that way for me. I'm very visual. You mentioned you like to do the acting. Do you ever find yourself in other personas or headspaces beyond Azores that you bring back into your music? No, very much. There's a very much specific space that I'm in when it's to do with my music. And it, it's very there, if that makes sense. Can you remember when you first found that place inside yourself? Or was it just always there oh, and you God. became more and more aware of it? I think it was just always there for me. I think, yeah, very much always there. And it's very, I know when I'm in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel a little bit like I black out sometimes. Like when I perform, I'll be like still myself before I go on. You know what I mean? People are going to think I have some sort of disorder, but <laughs> I don't. Um yeah, before I go on, I'm always, oh my God, I get the worst nerves. So I'm always like near throwing up and I'm like freaking out. My best friend always has to do the same thing. She's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm like, 
absolutely inconsolable and I step on and it just changes. I completely just change. It's, yeah. Is, is that level of nerves before a show increasing or decreasing oh, as your career progresses? Increasing. <laughs> I'm always a wreck. So, and I like go deathly calm and then right before I go on, I'm a, oh, yeah. It, you know what? Nerves mean you care. Yeah. So I feel like I just try and work with it and I'm like, yep, yep, you're terrified. Yep, it's going to be fine. Nothing you can do. Well, commit. Jump in the deep end. That's that's Swim. it. That's yeah. it. Be and then become. Mm-hmm. We can't, obviously, show the music video as this is a podcast. <laughs> but we can take a listen to Freaks, which we're going to do right now. Yay. Do you believe me with Freaks? Okay, love it. Um, so, Too Late, Freaks, they do have different vibes. Yeah, they do, definitely. Tell me about what you're working on now, how you'd kind of tie all of the pieces together. Yeah, so I think it's very much just like growth for me. So I'm still, vocally, I'm very similar. It's just the vibes of the songs obviously were different, but definitely staying harder on the freaks, the more sort of dark pop vibe is very much where I'm sitting right now. And the stuff I have coming out is very much in that space too. But still, you know, lyrically of Too Late is still very identifiable with me. So I think it's just like, you've got to keep growing. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, I think everyone's like, oh, okay, that's all she does, you know? What kind of stage are you at in the recording process? Um, I'm still writing. So we're writing heaps. I've got sort of a selection of things that I've come up with, which I love, but it's like not quite there yet. But there was a song I wrote really recently that I think may be the next one. At first I was like, nah. And then I went home and all of a sudden it just struck me. And one of my, my closest friends, Alex, was like, dude, if you do not record that song, I'm going to lose it. So (laughs) I listened to it again and I was like, oh boy, this is actually good. So I'm very excited to get in the studio on that one. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. (laughs) So what kind of timelines? When can we expect another single? When can we expect the EP? Oh, look, it's coming. Um, Like I'm just still in the studio, but definitely over the next few months you have um, a new single. But I'm also going to be doing some more covers really, really soon. So they'll be dropping soon too. So you definitely won't get, you know, you won't be like, where is she? I'm definitely going to be in your face. She's here, guys. She's here to stay. (laughs) I'm here to stay. So tell me what else you've got coming up for 2019 will you be out on stages performing definitely yeah we're definitely going to be out gigging and whatnot and um got a few exciting things in the pipeline um that we're just waiting to get last confirmation on which will be pretty cool but i'll definitely be around and in your face you you'll be able to see me that's for sure and hey 2019 and beyond what are your big career goals like who do you want to work with where do you want to perform what's 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 going to be that moment where you do step back and realize 
I think when I I've do, made it. yeah, for sure. Um, oh gosh, producer wise, who doesn't want to work with Max Martin? Firstly, Jack Antonoff though, I love him. Everything <laughs> he does, I'm like, please make me good. So I would love to work with him and like Ryan Tedder, obviously. I'm just naming the big guns, but they're very much so. And I think like artist wise. I so admire Camila Cabello, what she's doing right now. I really vibe that. So she's hitting gold, Dua Lipa, Enough Said, Sabrina Carpenter, Ariana. And you know what? I think Post Malone is killing it on a completely unrelated note. I think what he's doing is really cool too. Where'd he come from? (laughs) So, yeah. Well, not just in the begun end of the spectrum. What about the other young up-and-coming artists that, that are your peers? Yeah. Who's really exciting you, especially chicks, especially Aussies? Oh, let me... It doesn't have to be limited to that, but, you know. Um, Chloe. She had a song. We perform, I performed with her, um, not with her, we were both on the same lineup at Oxford Art Factory last year. And then she came out with um, Show You. And I was like, poor damn girl. So I think her, she's going great guns. I think she'll be the next one to hit from here. Really, really big. Um, I really admire her. And I listened to her other stuff and I was like, yeah. So I would say Chloe. Coda Banks is killing it too. And we have so many. We're all like, everyone is like gunning hard. But yeah, no, she stood out to me. I think it's because I met her and I was like, oh, that's who you are. And then Show You came out and I was like, what a song. So yeah, I'd probably say her. I think she's a Sydney girl too. It sounds like we're all in agreement that this is the time and this is the place to be a young female pop artist. Just, yeah, 100%. And I think everyone is just grinding. Like all of us have not slept in a good five years. So that studio is definitely getting a workout. <laughs> well, Azor, it's been pretty damn cool to kick off 2019 with you. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Thanks for having us. Uh, <laughs> pretty excited to be with you at the start of the career. I'm sure the rocket's going up and uh, let's catch up. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for the support. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, keep in touch. We'll be we'll be talking to you on all the successful milestones. Thank you. And listeners, Azura's singles, Too Late and Freaks, are out now on all the platforms. So hey, make sure you get out there and support her by streaming and downloading as much as you can. It really is pretty groovy music. And of course, as we've heard, there's a single coming out soon as well as a debut EP. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be too here at Women & Pop. And a friendly reminder that the magazine issue 5 is out now with Pink on the cover. It's available around the world. Alongside Pink, we have features on Belinda Carlisle, Cher, Jess Kent, Tandy Phoenix, Emma Louise and loads more. The magazine is available now in a newsagent near you. And you can also buy online at womenandpop.com forward slash subscribe. Please do keep listening to the podcast. Super excited to bring you more amazing female artists throughout 2019. Thanks for listening and until next time. Goodbye. Bye.